0: Hey, Raz Erasmus here. Um, I mean, Yako uh, Johan here. You're listening to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog.
1: Hello, hello, hello everyone and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Blog Podcast, uh, brought to you tonight <coughs> with uh, myself, John Anderson at the helm. The cats are loose once again, uh, our divine overlord kami is not with us tonight because uh, I think he's residing at a family, it seems like a family holiday where the internet doth not exist. So, uh, yes, um, <coughs> we, we're, we're here, here tonight for another one of our uh, British and Irish Lions specials. So, um, joining me tonight, we have the other half of the mighty three-headed Hydra that is Gian Anderhey. Ian, hey.
2: Where's the third head come from?
1: That's a, that's a question that our listeners that can is. maybe maybe pose. Um, yes, if, if you've any idea who is the who is the third head? It's like it's like Metal Gear Solid. You know how it was like the two brothers, and then there was three brothers. Same thing, same thing. So
2: I'm not sure. Um, I only had I, I, I think I've got Metal Gear Six, but I've not really played it.
1: Metal Gear Six. That's oh, you're so. I've got two. So modern, so modern. Not having this. Uh, also joining us uh, to complete the Glaswegian trio of doom is Johnny McGinty. Good evening, Johnny. Hello,
3: hello. How are we doing?
1: Uh, not too bad, Johnny. Not too bad. We also we we might have some special guest appearances through the night, based on internet requirements. So we will see if people pop up. There may be people joining us. There might not be. So we we, we shall see. Uh, so, um. What? Do I have to what be the you?
2: Edinburgh person I now? Mean, really
1: so open. actually, actually, because so I think it's a requirement of hosting that you've actually got to try and be more Edinburgh. So right. I will take the I will take that bullet, guys. I will take are that you, mantle.
2: Are you implying that Cammy's more Edinburgh than, than Glasgow because he gets to get the
1: way down? Right no, no, is no. That what I you're think, no, have no. Are
2: you no through Erasmus, John?
1: I am just, you know what? I am simply saying that Kami does very well putting up with us cats, and um, he, he he balances it well. I think so. Um, let's get all the, the usual stuff out the road. So, um, yeah, we don't we don't have a sponsorship. This cuts this bit down by about. 90 seconds uh, so what we do have however is our patreon so if you like what you see here tonight uh, well there's bigger issues for you if you like that but <laughs> um, if you decide you want to put your hand in your pocket and uh, support the podcast we do have a patreon site so head over to you'll see the details down the bottom there patreon.com slash scottishrugbypodcast uh, there's two tiers of membership. You can pay three pounds a month, which will, in some places, get you a beer. Um, but you know the posh places that us guys hang out. At, you know it's you know you'll get half a beer for that. Uh, but three pounds a month gets you into the Richie Richieville Thunderdome, which gets you exclusive content in Patreon. Um, we do so Patreon only exclusives. We've done various kind of teaser releases for like six nations games we've done a few um random podcasts where we've talked about quiche so if that's your thing and you want to pop along feel free um you'll get you'll get plenty of content you also get access to our super secret facebook page um where the banter is the banter is true and the banter is good so come along come and join us three pounds a month you know you want to If you're feeling super generous and you want to go further, £5 a month gets you into the Doogie Donley VIP Members Lounge. Not only will you be greeted by the big man himself, ah, spoiler alert, you won't be, um, you'll get all the content that you get from your £3 a month, but you'll also get your name read out in the pod. So if that sounds like something you want to do, I'm not suggesting that there's a vanity project there, but if you want desperately to hear one of us guys in our broad Glaswegian accents, Reading out your name, then again, battering. Five pounds a month gets you in there. So please support the podcast. Excellent. Does, um, that, does
2: that mean Cammy's gonna be putting on a Glaswegian <laughs> accent?
1: I hope so. I hope so. I think
2: I, we've we've already heard that accents aren't he's 40, to be honest. This, well, start, yes, we? we
1: have heard that the, the, this morning, haven't we? Now, I am a bit scared of what's gonna happen here, right? I'm gonna try this, right? Let's 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 see. Right, there's,
3: there's
1: there's there's movement. There's movement. Craig, he's He's away. Right, so this is what we're. So, full disclosure, Craig's also in a Premier Inn tonight. And uh, um, I'm not going to criticise a potential sponsor at the Premier Inn, but their (laughs) Wi Fi is garbage. So, he's not been able to get into the pod tonight. So, that's fine. Right, um, let's start. um, Well, actually, let's just address this first. Right? (laughs) So. Um we obviously had um Johan Yako <laughs> at the start of the pod um talking uh talking some stuff. So um yeah Cami's accent. Ian you're you're a you're a man of accents. You love an accent. How would you I rate mind, that man. one?
2: Um
1: uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> me- you can't Epson, see anything nice. Yeah. <laughs> This this won't get you barred from the podcast moving forward, I think. <laughs>
2: although, although does Hamish mean his his natural accent? His, um, uh, well, that's borders. a good point
1: actually, because yeah, yeah, Cam's accent is yeah, border slash slight, slight, like Trafford Centre,
2: <laughs> Trafford Centre. That's Manchester. I know, that's but the the metro centre. Yeah, you go to get it.
1: It's close enough.
3: I don't it's know if you same, want to get them mixed up.
1: It's all the same place, <laughs> really, isn't it? It's like <laughs> England's so, <laughs> there. So, England. so, south of Carlisle. It's pretty much the same. When you get to London, isn't it? Uh, so so, how did you get more views in the podcast tonight, John? Well, I insulted all of England. <laughs> I've
3: just I've just realised that Cammy's accent is kind of northeast, and he now lives in Yorkshire, and you just accused him of being Lancashire, and it literally could not be worse. <laughs> I can't wait for him to hear this. Oh, now, the ha- water Hamish, the ha- Hamish
1: has provided a suggestion, a young Eden Nagan. Um, <laughs> Hamish, no. Right? Moving on. Um so um yeah, let's let's do a bit of news. Um Tonight, let's, well, there's, there's been loads going on in Scottish Rugby over the last week, hasn't there? Um, let's start, Ian, Ian's just like, the news is enough for Ian, he's gone, he's gone Johnny, I will come to you first No, I had, um, had bogeys,
2: that's all <laughs> <laughs> People does not see me wiping my nose
1: Right, first things first, let's talk about the big news Mike Blair is the Edinburgh head coach, woo! That's totally unexpected, right?
3: <laughs> About fell off my seat when I heard that.
1: <laughs> yeah, good appointment though. Yeah,
3: I think so. I'd like to see how they're going to solve their front row crisis where they've just hired a scrum half as head coach. That's <laughs> I'm not sure how they're going to gel those two together. But no, I think he's he's been doing really well. He's progressing really quickly. He was clearly in need of a a big job, and it's a good one. So I think I think he'll do all right.
1: It was a shame for him, though, Ian, wasn't it? That obviously he got kind of he got the the big promotion in the summer. You know, he was he was basically he had been seconded into the Tuney role. He was he was given the tombola and told run it, mm. and then the Rona took it all away from him.
2: That's yes, uh, one hand giveth, one taketh away. Um, no, he's obviously oh they do like to sort of fast track through former players, but you know he's he's obviously. Um, Done very well, or he's obviously high regarded real enough to be given a head coach's job. And you know, one of the the big problems Denver had last year was uh, having a case of um, uh, backs play. You know, they just t- he couldn't score a drive from anything further than like five meters. Um, so he should obviously bring bring a wee bit of that there. Um, yeah,
1: and on, on we'll that very he... note, there has been uh, almost immediately it was almost like they were waiting to announce the signing for Cockrell heading off to potentially what's rumoured to be a job with England. Oh, (laughs) Cockrell Cockrell and Jones Mm. in a room together. That's, I mean, that's the the stuff of nightmares, isn't it? But anyway. um, Yeah, so Edinburgh announced two rather exciting uh, signings. Now, I'm just trying to, where's my... There we go, there we go. So, um, following in the kind of the premise of if you buy a few Argentinians, you get a couple extra free. Um, Edinburgh have signed uh, Emiliano Boffelli and Ramiro uh, Moyano so Coming from Toulon and Racing 92, respectively. They'd both been at both those cups for a short period of time. Um, but both highly rated backs, back three players. But excitement, Edinburgh are very excited to have these guys on board. And maybe a statement of intent, Johnny, from, from Blair straight off the bat that maybe we might see Edinburgh attack?
3: I think so. I mean, fairly in particular is a really exciting player. He'll bring a bit of a spark. He, he'll kind of, I think, in a different way, bring what, what van der Merwe brought last year. Because he's not the same sort of size of unit as Merwe, but he is just as exciting going forward with the ball. So that's obviously somewhere where they had to kind of address an issue in losing him. So it's interesting and it's, it's pretty exciting because like you say, it's it's a statement of intent that they're going to start coming forward out the backs this year. So it should be good to watch.
1: And um, Ian, how, how do these signings marry in? So thinking about <coughs> we're talking a couple of back three players, Edinburgh obviously... They, they worship the ground that the Blair of the Kinghorn stands on. But guys like Damian Hoyland obviously had a, a, an amazing end to last season. He was first choice, 15 for, for the end of last mm. season. They also have, they have some decent players in that back three as well. How, do you see these guys coming straight in? Do you think they'll be first choice?
2: Um, I think they definitely have the potential to be, or from what I've seen of, be um, certainly you know they they do have a big hand shaped hole to fill um and i imagine that's what he's been he's been tasked with uh yeah hoyland like you said he's he's really came on to a good bit of form last year um but i do think the fairly will be well they, they are going to have to rotate obviously players need rests but i think the fairly will be the sort of landmark um key winger uh, going forward next season, unless they sign someone someone else incredible, but um, no, he certainly looks looks a decent player.
1: I think as well, it's it's an interesting um, indication of where the market because it's always it's always good to look at where the market is, and you know maybe the English Premiership has possibly seen Scottish players as being mm. more like good value, and Argentinian players have always been considered good value players, and you can you can tend to get like a really top notch international Argentinian. Player um, for a relatively decent rate, as far as, as far as we can see. So, um, and I think part of that, I think the, Jag, uh, the Jag, Jaguars, uh, do they have they have they been patched now? Do they still exist?
3: No, the, uh, there was talk of them moving to Bilbao and joining. The, well, originally it was going to be the Pro Fourteen, and then I think. It was mentioned around the top 14 and stuff as well I basically tried to shoehorn them into a european league Somewhere, from yeah, yeah. Uh, from a base in spain but i don't think it's happening well it's clearly like i have the urc and i can't see the the french league wanting them so i think their days might be done unfortunately yeah
1: it was a shame as well because it was always really exciting seeing the Argentinian national team and uh, it was the, the mm-hmm. team shoot it was just 13 14 <laughs> <Yaglaris>. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's how we do it. It was <laughs> it, it reminded me a lot of the older days with the. Uh, I think it was Wales, the Welsh international team, and it was obviously you had a hundred Joneses, but you also had it was mm-hmm. mostly Ospreys. I think there was one that was like twelve or thirteen Ospreys in the starting fifteen and you're like it's the way to do it. So but no, I think two great signings for Edinburgh actually and to give them their credit, you know, that's it is a, a good state of, statement of intent. But they definitely seem to have missed a trick because had one of those been an Argentinian prop forward, a grizzled uh, tight head, then they might have been in a better place. Um, but I'm sure there'll be some activity on that front in due course. So, let's move on to, um, I'm not going to say, you know, more interesting things, but, you know, <laughs> let's 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 come across the M8. Um, so, News came out this week that un- unexpected, uh, not unexpected, sorry, um, completely expected news that Bruce Volkert has uh, officially retired from rugby age 23, citing mental health issues and he has, has went off to pursue other avenues for his career. Um, he had taken a, a leave of absence last season, just at the start of last season. But um, a real, real disappointment for many Glasgow fans. Flockhart looked when he played to be an exceptionally talented young back row. Um, Ian, reaction to that?
2: Um, well, it's a damn shame, isn't it? Because you know, like you said, he he was highly rated. You know, there was a sort of fledgling curry underhill kind of thing going on with uh, him and Matt Smith. Who's another one who's had to. Um, Step away from the game for uh, for health reasons. Um, no, it's a, it's a crushing shame. You know, I, I thought it was quite interesting to read that um, he, in contrast to what Matt Smith and other former players have said, you know, uh, he was he said to Dave Rennie was quite supportive and, and was a sort of you know arm round the shoulder kind of guy. Um, so, you know, maybe he, just people's perceptions differ, but you know, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's a real shame that. He feels the need to retire um, from the game and step away, but uh, we wish him all the best. And you know, we've seen it, even with Simone Biles um, in the Olympics uh, just the I other day. You know, know. so it's, um, it's certainly a big, big topic um, going doing rounds at the moment.
1: And, uh, and absolutely, I think I think the key point actually for me in the. The, the, the release that, that um card put out Johnny was that that point about Dave Rennie and actually the amount of support that he had at Glasgow which does fly in the face a wee bit of kind of what we've heard maybe ex-players saying and, and former um what we call them Rennieites. Let's go with that I like that. Rennie um, games renegades yeah 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 nice. i think that was i think that was one of our first headlines when rennie uh, yeah. joined with it the renegades of funk um but it does it it was in sharp contrast. And does, does for you johnny um does it does it seem like maybe the sru are, are finally maybe getting the message with regards to mental health
3: yeah i hope so i was i was really pleased to see what what bruce flockart was saying and especially, like Ian says, it's it's such a contrast between him and Matt Smith, who are similar players, similar age, similar position, saying basically the complete opposite things when they've had to basically both draw their careers short at more or less the same time. Um, so I hope that in reality it's more like what Bruce Flocker says than, than what Matt Smith said, because um, it was really, really good to hear, and I'd like that to be the case. <coughs>
1: absolutely. Obviously, you know, we wish wish Bruce Flockart and any other player who for whatever reason has decided to step away from the game uh due to any issues they're having, you know, if they've made that choice, we wish them all the best uh in their future endeavours. And the the adage once a warrior, always a warrior is absolutely true in this instance and you know, just uh, hope I hope he goes on to, to um Enjoy his life a wee bit and away from professional rugby. Um, so, fight
2: for. Once a war, always war, except for to Kelly Nayara Foro. Um,
1: <laughs> the, the the clerk guy that we're not allowed to speak of. Oh, yeah, I hi, have not And, and Russo, because he didn't play, and uh, aye, there's a few others. Right, um, once a
3: warrior, sometimes a warrior. I, I mean, it only, <laughs> it
1: only counts if you've actually been a warrior, I suppose. So if you if you're a lesser spotted prop, then I guess you don't really count, do you? Um, I'm I'm jesting, but yeah, now of nine of all. Seeing him tearing it up for North uh, for Northampton does stick in the cross slightly. Um, anywho, speaking of
2: that's human- soft English tackling, that's what that is.
1: Speaking of (laughs) humongous big uh, Pacific Islanders, um, Scotland's autumn schedule has been amended. Uh, That was quite slick, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, Scotland have added a fourth test to their itinerary for the autumn. Um, It will obviously sit outside the international window, which we we assume will really rile Jay-Z and he will be sending in the big dogs to sort this out. But... At the moment, Scotland have a fourth test in the autumn, um, and it will be against Tonga. It has been announced today. There was rumours it was going to be Fiji, but Tonga seem to be the they're the opposition this time round. So, basically, what are we going to do for this fixture, guys? Surely we can not put out a fully-fledged Scotland team, because the URC, their whole selling point of being the ultimate fighting rugby championship was that we were going to keep international window and league fixtures separate shockingly enough Scotland's match against Tonga clashes with round six of the ultimate fighting rugby championship Ian what are we going to do?
2: Um, I, I think with all due respect to Tonga and seeing as we, we don't even know how many of their players will be allowed to travel given the th- current <laughs> the we're in um, I, I think we could put a sort of Second string slash developmental side out, and and expect to win the match. Um, so I don't I don't think it should, it should. I mean, it's it's. I think it is outside of the official test window. This one, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, obviously, the likes of Hogg and all that can't be released. Won't have to be released by um, their their clubs. Um, so I think we could get away with a. Sort of developmental a side, and you know the the size of squads now. There should be enough quality to to cover the the club fixtures as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, I mean, Johnny, for, from your perspective, is it given that the fixtures over the summer didn't happen, is this a is this maybe another opportunity? Maybe the SRU are forward planning and thinking. Another opportunity just to get a few bodies capped, get a few uh, a few of these younger lads uh, registered under Scotland's banner, and then um, you know let them kick on from there.
3: It's a it's a good opportunity for that. It is extremely annoying that they trumpeted so much that the URC is not going to clash with international games, and then brought in another ex, extra international game within two weeks um i think ian's right hopefully we should be able to put together a squad that doesn't affect the the two pro teams too much i don't think we can do it without affecting them at all and it just seems a bit off to me to be honest because it was it was their main thing was there's not going to be any more clashes and and glasgow i don't know about edinburgh because i haven't seen too much of who they've released but but glasgow have dropped their squad size by probably about 10 bodies this year I assume because we were told that there's going to be less games and there's going to be no international clashes, and now already we've got an international clash.
1: Yeah, it was. It was quite interesting, wasn't it? It was. It was the first. It's it's that first test of change, and they failed with spectacular <laughs> colours, didn't they? So I, I, th- I think. I mean, we were we were chatting on our our wee group chat, and I think Cammy made a really interesting point. He does that occasionally, by the way. Um, <laughs> that. <laughs> So sorry, Cam. Um yeah, he he made the point that, you know, it might be the case that because of the obviously the the fairly unique circumstances that we still find ourselves in with, with COVID and things like that, that actually there might have been a wee bit of an agreement that you know what, we're gonna try and keep internationals and club games separate, but actually in this instance you know what if you need to go and take a fourth game on right we understand it. it's a money money stream for you and i think it is telling actually that the sru have this has been added to the schedule but it's not part of the season pass which i'm sure will get mentioned in hands in the rock at some point but um yes it is not part of the season pass so if, you know they are asking people to put their hands in their pocket again <clears throat> for, for a match against Tonga with potentially limited sides, my concern is that we end up back in the the dark days of you know we've managed to sell out Murrayfield for for games against Fiji, games against the smaller nations in recent times. But you know you all remember the sort of ten thousand crowds uh, back back sort of mid nineties against these smaller sides. So I just hope that we don't go down that route with, with regards to this.
3: If see if this is gonna happen and it's gonna be a development team and it's gonna be outside the window and they're gonna ask people to pay when they've already paid for season passes, make it a ten on a ticket and give the money to Tonga.
1: Because yeah, you'll yeah, get that, what we want out of it. That was the point you made yes. as well. Yeah, if they could if they could do it as a hand over the gate, essentially, and you know, be because we've obviously covered in this podcast quite a few times that, you know, the the disparity between the gate that Northern Hemisphere teams and the, the, the Pacific Island teams primarily get is staggering. And, you know, it would be a massive statement from the SRU to do that. So um, let's see. And it probably would be the only way to spin the, we're taking a fourth fixture and it's clashing with the new Jay-Z
3: tournament if we're going to do it for, for our development team we'll get what we want out of it anyway by capping people exactly. that, that we're trying to capture and mm. I can't see <coughs> being too happy to pay a full price autumn test ticket price for a outside of the window game against a tier 2 opposition where we're not seeing our full strength team so might as well make it a cheap one get in as many kids from the local clubs as we possibly can and give Tonga as much money as we can, because that's what they want out of it. And what yeah. we want out of it is to get more people in the squads so, and the setup. So
1: hundred percent. So does anybody want to, I'm going to open this up to the four guys. Uh, Craig, who's already proven himself <laughs> incapable of having internet. Um, he claims he's over in Glasgow tonight, but um, I, I mean, I'm dubious. And, um, he says I'm already fed up with all this Glasgow content. I mean, I'd think we've been fairly balanced so far, Craigie Boy. But
3: I think so. We talked about Edinburgh first.
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean
3: And we, we... were nice about them.
1: I, exactly. I mean like I even kind s kinda didn't like take the fish out of Blair Kinghorn, so I thought I was really well behaved.
2: So you did a bit.
1: I mean, slightly, in that I had a sarcastic tone, that's, that, that's different, you can't expect me to be like, angelic about it, that's too much to ask, All right. All right. so don't you start your Edinburgh bias, Irene, I'm going to have words with you in a second, <laughs> right. well Craig, you'll be delighted, we're going to move away from the club game now, we are going to go, and I'm going to, yep, yeah, okay, I'm still working out how to use this platform. Uh, but we're going to do a bit of this.
0: It's the legally mandated Lions chat. The legally mandated Lions chat. We've heard so much about it that it makes us sick. But we've still got to chat about who Gatlin's going to pay.
1: Yes, it is the reason you know here. It is Lions season. We are. We are... Fast approaching the second test, <laughs> has been, it has been an interesting week in Lions Land. Shall we say? Let's let's first of all revert back to mm-hmm. before Johan Nyako, and um, let's let's have a think about the, th- the first test. So the Lions um, the Lions ground out a victory in the first test. The uh, the Caught what they wanted, I suppose, and uh, all the predictions regarding the South African um, sixty-minute point where they would this would pay off and they would perpetuate seemed to seemed, seemed to be the case. Ian.
2: it, it did seem to come to pass, um, and the the impact of the bench wasn't as as big as they thought. Um, you know, certainly there was. Um, I mean. <sighs> The Lions probably just, edged, I'd say the Lions edged the scrum. Uh, I think like South Africa maybe won one penalty but the Lions won a couple as well. Sutherland seemed to struggle at first but then sort of get back into it. And then when um, even when Marco Vina Pola came on it, him, he didn't make an absolute Doug's dinner yet. Um, so yeah, I think the, the extra fitness certainly told. Um, but to come back um, you and know, win the second half, was it 19-5? I think or something like that. Uh, yeah, so I
1: love that info. Well, I think I think that's the, uh, the key point for me. And I, I'd been very vocal in the build-up to the game, Johnny, that uh, Marco Verruola was muck, um, and it it done it done exactly what was asked of him. And you know, fair play to the guy, he came on, he played he played a good game. He was he was abrasive in the loose. He still looked like he was puffing after about four minutes, but the scrum didn't go anywhere. There was parity the Lions got what they needed out of Marco Vinopola.
3: Yeah, no, he um, he was the surprise of the, the weekend, obviously, because I think everybody had said pretty much every position, there's two or three guys that can go in there, it's a it's a Lions test team, we're not going to be disappointed or surprised by anybody except Marco Vinopola. and then he came out and basically proved everyone wrong, and, and fair play to him as well, because that's that was a key position, and Getting on top of them in the scrum was was almost certainly what made the difference. So he came in with the most pressure of everybody, and I reckon dealt with it really, really well. I so thought he was brilliant.
1: Yeah, no, I I think I totally agree with that. So will we have a think about? Let's let's start start right at the back. Start at fifteen, Johnny. You're you're okay with this position? Let's let's do a wee Scots watch. See, we'll go through each of the Scots in turn and just uh, give a kind of view on how they were. So Stuart hog. Um, Johnny, what kick is off? Short sure
3: hog, fantastic, solid. Yeah, did really well. Um, didn't get the opportunities probably that he would have liked to show out, but didn't do anything wrong. Uh, did well with the ball that he did get. Was uh, was solid. Couldn't couldn't fault him really. Thought he was he was pretty safe. And and hopefully this week he gets a he gets more of a chance to show what he could do going forward because that's the only thing that was missing and it wasn't through any fault of his, it was he was game planned out of it by the Springboks. So
1: I think I think Ian, what was really telling for me with Hawk was <coughs> that he, he clearly has a leadership role within that team. And the the growing maturity that Hawk has, where we've all seen Stuart Hogg take on five defenders and skin them and then get turned over because he's isolated. There seems to be a real maturity about Hogg with what he's doing on the park, and every time the ball was dead, you could see him absolutely. He was in and about the troops, he wasn't the captain, but he was speaking like a captain to every one of those players.
2: Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's matured as a, as a player and person. Um, but I, and there's been times when it just seems like he does want to try and do everything himself. Um, but I think now he's. He's learned to delegate, shall we say? Um, and this thing he's, he's surrounded by top class international players with his lions team. Um, and even the same with Scotland now, you, you can see he's there's a good few top class players in there. So, I think, um, he is uh, he's, he's a more rounded player, um, and just has more game awareness uh, than he used yeah. to.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. It's easier to delegate when you can absolutely trust that the quality around you is at a, a certain level. And maybe in his early days at Scotland in Scotland, that wasn't the case. So, you know, well, um, did you see that when
2: Owen Farrell absolutely cacked it out of collecting a pass that yeah. hogs through him? Yep. Basically, yeah. yep. <laughs> jumped out the way of it. Aye, well, you I'm not that huh?
1: his, his eyes were on the, on the boy coming in to tackle him and he was just like, no, 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 we don't <laughs> want that. Uh, Owen Farrell for me, like, we're going to continue to concentrate on the Scots, but let's just talk about the English centres for a second just to give us a right giggle. Owen Farrell for me has been the absolute biggest disappointment of this tour. He has been utterly hoarse. E- either of you's, go for it.
2: I think
3: his credit in the bank's going to run out quite soon if he carries on like this. The thing is that, like, he was great in 2017, and he really, really was. Like, there's no getting away from it. He's had a couple (coughs) of really, really good seasons playing for England, so he has got that credit, but he's been pedestrian this tour, and that, like, the credit doesn't last forever. So, at some point, he's going to have to up his game.
1: For me for me Ian, it's, it's what we spoke about right at the start of this the, just the absolute it, it in a Townsend game plan it just is too limited it can't do what's been asked of him. and it's it's really like it's really interesting actually that Saracens in England have managed to get such good performances out of them but it also shows you just the absolute limitations of their game plan
2: um yeah they they trust their, their pack a lot more than Scotland do. Um, so, as you know, he's, he doesn't have to be Danny Cipriani or, you know, that's... Uh, or Marcus Smith as the, the Smith. New, oh, yeah, new director yeah. the yeah. throw in there. The, the new Cipriani. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot, England, a lot of the time is now playing um, centre for England um, rather than standoff, uh, where he'd, he first sort of made his name. Um, and yeah, I think maybe because he is you don't want to say limited, but he doesn't have the, an array of skills. You know, he, he's good at what he does. He's he, world class at what he does. Um, but mainly that's kicking goals, which isn't, a, you know. He's
1: a, he's a goal kicker. His passing is rubbish. He's, he's He kicks the ball well. He can't defend. He's got no pace. He's got no attacking game. He is, an, he is a, by all intents and purposes, a limited rugby player who is a very high percentage goal kicker. That gets you a long way in rugby. In certain, like in a lot of places, you know Neil Jenkins. Um, just, just to give us another nation that I'm annoying. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so let's talk about the other English centre who was on everyone's lips on Saturday. Elliot to Elliot of the house daily, um, reminding everyone that. Um, so can I? Don't have the clip but can maybe you guys can help me out here i think someone a very very attractive person i might add may have said elliot daly is a bomb scare and is guaranteed at least one mistake in the game that will potentially cost the lions if they're if they're not like you know if they if they haven't got far enough ahead it, it just just mind who that was sorry I, I,
3: this guy, yeah. I thought it was you, but you said it was someone really attractive.
1: <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Threw us
2: off the scent.
1: Uh, it's, <laughs> the, it's in the eye of the boulder, mate. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I did, I did say, you know what? I, I made my my uh, voice very clear on daily before, and he did not disappoint.
3: He was shocking.
2: Yeah, he, was, he like... was the
3: easiest change to call. I think of of the <laughs> team from from last week to this week.
2: Aye, and he's made like I mean that that pass that he uh, he basically threw at the was it when we were playing the the Stormers or the Sharks. Um, he's been, yeah, but people are going on. He's oh, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant on this too. It's like he's been more Maverick than Finn Russell would ever be, and yet you all you will think he's a lunatic. Um, yeah, he's you know he's, he's defensively again poor. He, uh he gave away one of the penalties for the three points um and yeah uh, like johnny said it was probably the, the most obvious shift whether that was going to be henshaw moving out one or or harris going in in
3: uh in march 2018 can you ever in a million years imagine yourself sitting here and saying what the british and irish lions need to do to sort out their defenses bring in chris <laughs> harris <laughs> It's yeah. unbelievable. The work that he's done is mm-hmm. incredible.
2: times uh, they are he's a- a- changing.
3: And we will we will
1: come on to the bold Chris Harris in due yeah. course. Let's let's run back through the rest of the, the rest of the Scots contingent. Duhan done Duhan things. He kept Colby as quiet as a wee mouse. Uh, he's also about the size of a mouse. Um he has obviously managed to retain his spot for the second test as well. Um Gatlin likes to cut his job. I think.
3: I was probably more impressed with him than I was with Hoggy. To be honest, I think they both had a very similar, solid, not particularly remarkable game. But I think everybody expected Hoggy to be good, and everyone expected Doohan to be stinking. So, <laughs> for him, for him to step up the way that he did, I think was really impressive. Good on him keeping his spot.
1: Ian. And you um, love duhan.
2: I, I do, and it's just all these, you know, the, the constant these rubbish under the high ball, took everything. Oh, uh chased well, absolutely, you know, smashed Quagga Smith a couple of times, you know. what of one of vital oh. vital turnover. Um you know, did all the defensive side of his game. Uh obviously it wasn't wasn't a particularly open spectacle. Um but he he did everything that people would think that he would mess up, and he keeps you, doing it. Uh, you know, we
3: all know that Duhans big, and he's like an impressive specimen and stuff. But see when you put see him put that massive stiff arm on Eben best. <laughs> there's not <there's> a <laughs> people in the world that could do that. You're just like, okay,
1: <laughs> sit down, son. Yeah, I think I think what was really impressive about Duhan, and I've noticed that in a couple of the Lions games. And it's really good that he's continued it onto the test level. Is the Lions look to him as an outball? You know, we talk, we're talking, you know, in soccer terms uh, mm-hmm. about the, about having an outball, having that option. Duhan is the option. He's the outball for them. They get the ball into his hands. He runs. He takes two, three, four defenders out, and he lets the whole team reset. And he, they were doing that the last 10, 15 minutes for the Lions. That's exactly what they were trying to do. Use Duhan as the outball. Get, the, get Connor Murray on box kicking duty or whatever, but duhan has got a, such a crucial role in that team, and it's it's. I think Townsend will actually be learning a lot from this tour as to how to use Doohan very clever, uh, cleverly. You know, duhan's a, a smashing big, you know, get him on the ball, he'll Beat defenders, but how do you use them more than that? How do you use them defensively? How do you do that kick chase? Um, <coughs> I think England will be benefiting as well, and hopefully Scotland will um, moving forward. Um, where where are we next? Who, who are we we should be at seven, to be honest. But you know, let's well, let's. A- make, Ali um... Price. Oh, Ali Price. Yep. Um <laughs> Yep. Ali was. Yeah, I thought I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, I, really
3: good. I think yeah. he's been hard done by to lose, his, to lose the starting place, to be honest. but
1: is, is it hard done by or is there definitely a different plan?
2: I think it's tech, I think so. Um And I think Ali
3: brings a lot more off the bench than Connor Murray does because last week when it was like a slog and it was kick penalty for penalty and, and battling up front, it got markedly slower when Ali Price came on. I mean, Conor Murray came on. Whereas this week, if we can run them around for fifty-five minutes, get them shattered, and then bring Ali Price on, so it gets quicker, it could be a whole different match by the end. So, yep. hopefully, that's the idea.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the thing we've seen it across the, the, the tour, and we've seen obviously let's let's not let's not give any more of your time to any of the utter trash that a lot of pundits have been saying. Ali Price's box kicking game is as good as Conor Murray's. It has been on this tour, and he he is he's been absolutely solid. I think what was really interesting was his defensive game. He was not not shy in putting himself about. It. At one point, he was one of the Lions' top tacklers, <laughs> which was quite <laughs> interesting to see. Um and that you know, that comparison with obviously Faf de Clerk is considered to be one of the one of the tops, could probably behind anton Dupont at the moment for probably top scrum half in the world. And I thought Price was more than his equal. He it, 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 it just marshaled him well, done everything right. You know, great game. Really, really impressed. For a guy that a lot of people said shouldn't be going on tour because he's uh, too slow, uh, I thought he was spot on.
2: They said he shouldn't be going on tour because he's Scottish. That's why they said it. Well, yeah. Well, actually, I heard
1: a lot of Scottish guys saying he shouldn't go on tour as well. Which, yeah, those people are idiots. Uh, um, yeah, no, that's nah. it. You've got to abide by all sorts of idiots in this place, you? You, you, so. you
2: talk about credit in the bank, it's like, you know, he's, people are still thinking about that Millennium Stadium disaster, you know, um, which took him away to come back from but he's been outstanding in this tour he's box kick better than murray he was he, he was at least on par with after clerk i thought at the weekend even though you know the guardian gave Ali price a six and faf an eight and then a south african
4: <laughs> a south
2: african rugby magazine gave uh, ali price an eight and faf a four so you know there's a difference of opinion there um it's
1: always, it's always interesting isn't it when you go onto the guardian website and you read that trash and then you've got the begging mm-hmm. bowl at the end and you just think, honestly like even a yes, I have half,
2: read 43R because this month. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: refresh read again
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, just so, so bad So, moving into the forwards um, Not Scottish, but massive shout out for Mauro Atolji who I've given absolute pelters over the years but by God, he was impressive
2: he was
3: brilliant, outstanding. Even yeah. in the first half, it was basically him and Ali Price were the only ones who came out in credit for that first half. Eric. Yeah,
1: totally agree. Totally agree. Right, let's come on to our uh, our. We said, Suzy boy. Tough start. I mean, obviously there was the how much of Johnny, the disruption that obviously wasn't meant to start the game. Um, and that was a very last-minute change that's kind of come through. How much do you, do you think he struggled with that? Because um, he was he was pinged a few times that first half, kind of taken apart a wee bit by the South African scrum at times. Um, do you think that played an impact?
2: Yeah,
3: it can be easy to get that little notice. But then I suppose that on the other hand you are still expecting to play at some point. So it's not like, I mean, Marco, for example, who made a huge difference when he came on, wasn't expected to play at all. And then comes on and was better than Sus. But it, it can't be easy, especially when, I suppose if he's uh, if he's been doing video and stuff, looking at the tight head that he expects to play against, because South Africa had their team out since what, Monday morning, yeah, yeah, and then now all of a sudden he's against somebody else. At the level of being a a test lion, it's probably not a good enough excuse. But there's there's probably something to it that means it's you have to you have to think about it really.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely fair. And Ian, like, so, I I've probably come across as quite harsh on Rory Sutherland in that sense. Do you think I'm justified in that? I mean, for me, I thought. I thought it was the poorest of the Scottish players. Actually, I thought Watson was a bit rubbish when he came on as well. Whisper it, but <laughs> I thought Sutherland was certainly the, certainly the worst of the the starters.
2: Um, yeah, I think that's you'd have to agree with that. But the standard that Price and Doohan in particular set was pretty high. Um, yeah, he struggled once or twice in the scrum by looks of it. Uh, yeah, he was just. It's a sort of 5, 6 out uh, 10, really, kind of performance. Um,
1: 5 or 6? Yeah. How, how does that measure up in terms of the, obviously, the the Scottish Rugby Blog patented rating system, Ian?
2: Well, you, you start at a 6, don't you? And then if you're if you're crap, you go down... But you start. Oh, is it? Is it your six? If you if your side win, uh, and then you lose points, depending on your impact and all that. But then we changed it to Rory's mad four point system.
1: Yeah, the kind of like there's like ratios. Break, break down impact.
2: Both. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which was was the counter me and Kami giving everybody zeros? Zeros, yeah. <laughs> <And> upsetting everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause apparently you should get a point for effort so a yeah, international level. So um yeah it was it was a really 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 good um I think I think ultimately for me probably just to kind of finalise the, the, the first test stuff let, let's well let's talk about the bench quite quickly. We had obviously um Hamish Watson coming off the bench um possibly should have been sitting on his bum for 10 minutes?
3: Almost certainly, yeah. I think. He's a lucky boy. I was mm.
1: surprised that didn't get reviewed. And almost, for me, we will come on to all the furore regarding TMOs and the like in due course, but it almost seemed to me like we predicted there might be a decision that wouldn't get given to show that they weren't being biased. And that to me was that decision because that was a <laughs> it was a yellow all day and twice on a Sunday, wasn't it?
2: Nah, man, Laro milked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no one
3: said a word it's... about Quagga Smith shoulder charging Hamish, though. Not long after that, true. Which I mean, to be fair, he kind of deserved. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, it's just appearing. Hello, Jero. this is uh, this is Jekyll Johan here. <laughs> this is the, the Rassi. Is Drassi here? Hello, <laughs> South Africa calling. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. We were we were just talking about how good your accent is. I have some uh, important footage with the the yellow circles <laughs> around it to show the, the naughty behaviour. I hey. put some sunglasses on so you don't know who I am. <laughs>
1: It's it's interesting actually because we were just talking about the the mesh trying to drop somebody on his head. How many pairs of sunglasses do you have? On?
0: I, I, it's important <laughs> that people don't know who uh, who are really <laughs> So
1: so so, Yako, um Yes. Ha- Hamish Watson, yellow. Yes, hundred percent yellow.
0: You can see that the uh, referee—he really—he uh, he really dropped the ball with that, and um, we didn't put the yellow circle around that one because it was so obvious. So uh, we, we're putting a lot of pressure on the referees this weekend to uh, to spot that, and I think that's why the Hamish Watson has been dropped because he is dropping players on their heads, and we know that he's not a very good thing to do.
1: <laughs> I love the absolute commitment oh. to this. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Does anyone else remember him like watching Jerry Adams on the news back in the 80s when they dubbed his voice? <laughs>
1: I'm just getting horror flashbacks of Ben Skeen right now. In,
0: uh, ben I, Skeen's I a very good friend of mine. I wish he was the TMO at Ben I like I... his dick. I like, I like it a I, like, I, I miss Ben <laughs> Skeen's dick a lot. Me and Ben Skeen a lot of fun on his dick drinking drinking on his dick and giving it a good rub down and a good sand down. A sand down <laughs> seems dick a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Right, let's... Um... <laughs>
0: Oh, right, okay. I can't commit to that online. No, sorry. I, I was going to say this
4: is the most.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go Jamaican. I'm going to go Jamaican in a minute, so I better, I better stop now while I'm ahead. So, John, he's going to blame you for this going off the rails as well. I know, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, what, yeah, I know. Um, still obviously, in tonight, John, this is I get to I getting get my revenge tonight. I
1: know it's, it's about time, isn't it? So, obviously, the, uh, um, long-time listeners will realise that we don't in fact have Yako Yohan on the podcast. Kami um, has joined us. Uh, w- Good evening, Cammie. How evening. is how is how is things? That looked like a lovely glass of red you had in
0: your hand. There. It is a beautiful glass of red. I'm, I'm a bottle. I'm a bottle down. So we'll see how. I was going to say. I'm assuming it's not your first. No, no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, so we shall I've, see had, a, how I've, had, a, going. I've had a Tesco meal deal, ten pounds. Nice. Oh yes. Good value. What bottle of wine. Yes. Uh, I went for a mushroom phyllo pie with was potatoes bottle of red, and a uh, passion fruit cheesecake.
1: How the other half live, Cam. How do the other
0: half live. <laughs> Yeah, so... splash notes on holiday. Well, just... <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how the other half lives. I got sponged up to him <laughs> those and going on holiday in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Cammy, you're... they exotic, to spe- Tesco. <laughs> 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 we've,
2: we've only got Sainsbury's up our way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Tesco Express, mate. Um, you've you've timed this very well, Cam, because actually we were just going to come on to the second test, right? So the build up to the second test has been um a little bit overshadowed by <laughs> Razia Razi, Yoke. Okay? Um Razia Erasmus has went a bit off the rails. We've we've had Yako Gale, Um we've also had him monologuing to camera <laughs> for an hour today um to put pressure on the referees. If you were lo- right, so I'll put this to you first, Cam, since you are fresh on the boat here. <laughs> <laughs> if you were looking for somebody to intimidate referees, would Razi Erasmus be your first choice?
0: I think the way really, uh, can you intimidate a referee? Now this is the thing, my, like for my work. Um, I the thing Razi Erasmus did today reminded me of the old blokes who write to me to complain at my work. Right, and they think they're being really clever, and they write these. They'll send me thirty-page, handwritten, dense, handwritten things telling me why I'm wrong. And do I read them? No. Like I read the first <laughs> page and go, "This is all nonsense." I'm not spending. I'm not wasting my time on this. And I would imagine that any referee is going to look at. Are any referees going to watch what Razzie sent? No, it's an hour-long video. They're going to look at that and go, "Christ, he's going on for a bit." I'm I watching this. No, He accuse somebody of being biased. Does that mean that they then think, oh, I better not be biased against the person who's just accused me of being biased, or does it piss them off and make them think, no, I'm now going to be biased against the bloke that's accused me of being biased? Because why would you do that to me? So I don't it has zero effect at all I don't I think on the referees. I think even if you had, I don't know, even if you got I don't know like Rob Harley to stare down a camera and threaten a referee, I think it'd have little or no effect. So I mean, it's not that's not what referees are there to do do. What I do enjoy, and I know a lot of people don't agree with this, I love the drama, right? That's that's what I'm here for. We're here for the drama of this. Nobody's going to sit there and watch Razzy Erasmus's hour-long video, but the fact he's put one out there is amazing, right? <laughs> I'm totally here for. I'm here for the Yaku yeah, cool, and him having burner Twitter accounts and maybe even a burner like I not know, like Tinder account or whatever to try and <laughs> sneak out his. Sneak out his like weird referee criticisms. It's not that and you I, suggested he's catfishing Ben O'Keefe. I definitely, <laughs> was it, was, you said, Was it Jacqueline Johan? I <laughs> this is Jacqueline Johan, and I am just a that Can would you be interested in coming for a drink with me? But first, before we go for a drink, here is some analysis I've done with some yellow circles. But no, I think, I mean, I, 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 there's a lot. Of, I said today on Twitter. Look, it's great for the. I think this is great for the game. This is what rugby needs. It needs more off-field drama to sell the sport. It's so boring off the field. It's so boring watching coaches go on and say, like, well, we play hard today. You get some calls. You don't get some calls. No, I'm sick of hearing that. We want a bit more of this drama. I think coaches should be more open about what annoys them and what they like and what they don't like. I think referees probably should have the right to reply to tell them to f off. <laughs> and you know that they're in the right I think Squidge put on a stat today saying 91% of all rucks have got some infringement in them which we all know anyway this does nothing other than add to the drama around the game and if that means more people watch the Lions I'm all for it it's not about to result in people on a Saturday afternoon at club rugby slagging off referees which is what some people have claimed today but it's great I, I like it I'm here for it
1: so, do you, Ian? I'll put this to you first, um, and I'm I'm going to I'm going to put this to you, and then I'm going to go for a, a toilet break. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you think that world rugby will have the same view of this? Because Razzie, the water carrier, has he's ruffled a few feathers over the last couple of weeks.
2: Mm. Well, they've they've said they've uh, oh. it? They're, <laughs> they're going to review that uh, they're aware of the statements made by uh, Yaku Yohan slash erasmus Rasmus um, and we'll be reviewing it. Uh, I don't think I don't like it. I think it's a pointless exercise. Um, like Cammy said, it's just going to, you know, I think if anything, it's just going to wind the referee up more. Um, you know, if, if Mark Dodson Good God, am I about to defend Dodson? Um, if, Ma- <laughs> if Mark Dodson could get in trouble for saying, look, we're, c- we're uh, taking legal advice regarding a cancellation of a game, but then you've got Razio Rasmus comes out with an hour-long video where he, you know, the whole victim attitude. Like, oh, oh, everyone's been against us. It's like, you've won two bloody World Cups, you miserable shit. Um, it's yeah, It leaves a sour taste in my mouth like half milk uh, and i do think that world rugby will bring a disrepute charge against them you timed that well john
1: i mean i just came back to half milk and i was like what is going on here aren't I? <laughs> yeah.
0: if if world rugby can bring a disrepute charge against the you based on some comments some random barrister made in the the sun was it then they can bring disrepute charge against razzi erasmus for a bloody leaked video <laughs>
1: I think I think will be will be he will be finding himself having a recharged answer or
2: I'm not doing this on behalf of Spring Rocks, he says in full kill. I, <laughs> know
3: what to I just like the clobber. Green ah, it's it,
1: it's okay because I could take it off at any point, said the Addy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please I'm don't sure.
2: please don't Razzie. I know.
1: Well, you know what? That's that is the for me that's the train wreck we are on just now because Razzi is but two interviews <laughs> away from whipping his top off and shouting come at me bro on a table isn't it really it's it's getting quite bad So wonderful I'd, like, I'd love it's to, to see him world... in gats fight
3: I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> he's wandering down wandering down the high street and they've turned world rugby against this, <laughs> <laughs> turned world rugby against this? <laughs> red wine in one hand and his water
3: bottles in the other. (laughs) One tiny water bottle.
2: (laughs) It's like a fruit shoot size.
1: (laughs) But all of this is, as we've said, this is a sideshow to what is a crucial second test uh, for the the Lions uh, and South Africa. A couple of changes, one of which we've already talked about tonight, and, you know, the... the...
0: (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Ignore me.
1: Goodness sake! Honestly, you bring the like you let the kids stay up late, and this is what happened. Kick you out, John.
0: Kick <laughs>
2: it I I sure <laughs> you out. Know,
1: where's What's the move? But <laughs> um, no. Right. So I'm uh, waiting to get some uh, juice. We're going through things. Right, you won't do that. Obviously. <laughs> <I'm yet. thusting. laughs> uh, well, thanks for filling in. while well, I went went for my refreshment break. Um, yeah. So second test. We've we've talked about Elliot Daly Possibly the easiest decision that has ever been made in world rugby, for Elliot Daly to be patched in favour of the the godlike Chris Harris in defence. Cam.
0: Yes, um, it's interesting because uh, you're not going to play the same test squad for three test matches, and I can't think of any other situation like this in modern rugby where you have the same teams playing each other in. Such close proximity, so you, you you don't show your hand and then play the same hand again. So this was always going to happen. We were always going to have players rotated in and out. So they've look, we've we've shaken the hornet's nest that is the spring box, and th- th- we've got to now deal with what comes out. So mm-hmm. this squad is here to deal with that. So I'm, I'm not surprised that Connor Murray's swapped in from Ali Price. I think, you know, Price off the bench probably is going to speed things up a little bit, if anything. Tom Curry for Hamish Watson. I think actually watching, I watched um, Robbie Owens' video today, Squidge Rugby, what the Lions are trying to do. And I think to what Tom Curry has, that I haven't really appreciated before, this is pace. So the, the, there is this kind of tactic. The Lions have got a box kicking very accurately. Now, whether Conor Murray can do that, I don't know. Ali Price can. I'm not sure what Conor Murray... And Tom Curry is being sent as a runner to support the kick and basically smash anybody that tries to catch it. And that's not, I don't think Hamish Watson can do that. So we can argue all day long about what Hamish Watson can and can't do and how he's better than Tom Curry. He doesn't have the same pace as Tom Curry. And that's why Tom Curry's starting ahead of Hamish Watson. I don't, it's a fine squad. I don't think we've got, we can really have many arguments with it. They're all fine calls. You were never going to have the same test squad going out twice in a row.
1: No, I think that's fair. Sorry, Johnny, on you go.
0: If I'm Cheslin Colby, who is a little bit
3: smaller than I am, the idea of a box kick going up towards me, being chased by Duhan van der Merwe and Tom Curry, is a hard no. Thank you very much. (laughs) 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 There's very little I can think of in the world that I would like less than that. I think it's going to be a long day for the outside backs for the spring box on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. I think Colby will possibly have been seeing Duhan in his sleep uh this week. And I mean, as beautiful as Duhan is, that uh, that would be a grim thought, <laughs> wouldn't it? Just six foot four, seventeen stone of absolute tank uh smashing you regularly. Um Ian, this is normally where you do an insulting joke that gets his kicked off Facebook, so I'll I'll stop you before you do. <laughs> um that's-
2: Cammy can do it this week. He's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Cam's too long in the tooth for that, eh? I um, had to put up with us for all these years. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right, Cam. I think, like,
2: we I'm we going should... to now do an hour long video about why it was wrong that I got, he got kicked off of Facebook
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> in Scottish rugby blog attire, head to toe
1: would there be yellow circles? Please tell me the yes. yellow circles.
2: Yes. You'll be doing that in your
3: personal Ooh. capacity, I yeah, take it. Yes. yes not on of
0: the, the podcast. It's gonna get his, <laughs> he's going to get his mate to film it and put up his mate's <laughs> video <laughs> account.
1: So, no, I think we had said uh, earlier on, Cam, you're absolutely right. I think there's a game plan. And I think the, the Ali Price thing, like, I don't think Ali Price... And I don't think he will be looking at it as you know he's been moved to the bench or whatever. I think it is a game plan. I think Harris is is an old brainer. Um I think there is still a frustration regarding Hamish Watson. But I I, I genuinely, and I, I said just before you came on, I don't think he'd done enough in his off the bench role to actually justify staying in that position. I think he actually it was for me, it wasn't a classic Hamish Watson.
0: No, but there wasn't much for him to do either. I oh, think that's oh. the thing. Is you, you watched him and he was he, he was he'd been sent out to go hunting rather than tackling. So when he, obviously when he's go when he's sent out to tackle and hunt, he's very effective at it. But you could see he was actively avoiding contact, particularly in that last five ten minute phase. And it was just he kept looking to tag Burn. They were <laughs> they were both basically kind of like almost like two sharks. <laughs> Every time there was a tackle, they were, they were taking a step back and then looking to see whether were, there was anything on that they could turn it over. So, yes, I agree, he Didn't look like he was doing much, but if you looked at what he was trying to do, he it, because you had, you know, b- because of the players I think you had on the park at the time, he, he wasn't being sent out to do his normal kind of you know three hundred tackles and try and get some turnovers. He was just there looking for turnovers. Yeah. At the end of the game, so. You know, coming at this test, you've got he's been swapped out of, what, for Taloupi Falatau.
4: Yeah,
0: you know, it's a he's a completely different player. I don't think you can say it. the only person who could have swapped would be Tom Curry. We know Tom Curry's got pace and he's being used for a particular role, so that there's no he's not lost out, he's not been dropped. They're just going <clears> for a difficult, a different play this week, and they'll go for a different play in the third test, regardless of whether I mean, it's either going to be. You know, it's on the test. You know, the tests are on a knife, knife edge, and we'll get a full strength, whatever they plan for the third test, or the you know the Lions win this one and it's a dead rubber. So Warren Gatlin goes full opera, Winfrey and starts. Saying, you get a Lions test cap. You get a Lions test cap. Everyone's getting a Lions test cap.
1: <laughs> I think. I think it was. It's interesting and probably the key point for me. So we've 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 got the same number of starters. Uh, as we had, uh, you know, shy of obviously Sutherland coming in kind of last minute, you know, we were, we were obviously meant to have the same number of starters. Stuart Hawk has kept his place, which fuels me with beautiful Welsh tears. (laughs) Liam Williams, Liam Williams is completely patched from the squad. And it is, it's just, oh, I mean, I said it last week, how good does it feel? But does it not just feel even
0: better this week? That's but come on, beautiful. that's not very lionsy, John. Yeah, you're being be, un- okay, unlionsy, John. Un- being unlionsy. Un-lions-y. <gasps> unlionsy, that's the thing. Uh, you've got to I'm- be lovely
3: to everyone or you're being very unlionsy. un-lions-y. <laughs> I'm sorry. See,
1: see, if Liam Williams was good enough for the 23, he would be in it. So I think he just needs to get better as a player. <laughs> oh, sorry. It was, oh, is that 2017, 2013 again? Oh, oh did, sorry. Did I misspeak? Well, he's yeah. better
2: in the air. So.
1: Uh, yeah, except Hawks he's not... better at
2: everything else.
1: <laughs> watch, watch the 2017 test where he's considered to be one of the best players. First thing he does in 2017 is he drops the ball in the mm. air. It made me utterly gut myself. And then go on to Twitter and shout at people. So, um, yeah, Liam Williams is not the messiah that people believe he is. <laughs> Stuart Hogg's much better. I'm sorry, Wales, but get it up, you. Um... <laughs> It's true. It's true. Exactly. So um, yeah. So Sutherland has <coughs> been to the bench because I. Do you know what I think? Sutherland might not have made the bench if it wasn't for when Jones being pure
0: cropped. He did I well. I, thought, right I don't think I, I. I thought he did well. Look, you know they, they, they brought the bomb squad. Sutherland was still on the pitch when they brought the bomb squad on, right? And they yeah. bullied them in that first scrum. So I, I I I think Sutherland did enough to play. I think. You know, maybe took time to, You know, you got to remember that the, the the games they played up to now have been absolutely. You know, the 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 standard of teams they were playing against was poor until they got against South Africa A. So to all of a sudden go from that to kind of playing full intensity test match rugby is a massive step up. So everybody struggled in that first half, right? So I don't. I think did Sutherland do enough in the second half? Is the question. And I think he did do enough. To keep his place, I, I agree about when Jones. But I think if you look at the other way as well, Michael, If when Jones had been fit, then Mako wouldn't have got on the bench, and Mako wouldn't be starting this week.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So let's let's do. Let's do quick predictions then. How do we see the weekend going? Because I was desperately wrong last week, so um, I'm 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 not I'm not going to start us off. Johnny, you are smiling. You need to kick us off this <laughs> week, mate. Tell us what's going to happen.
3: I've honestly got genuinely no idea. No, uh, that
1: that doesn't cut it. No, no, no. Get off. I I think
3: I think when it comes down to it, the Springboks are probably going to win. But. I feel like it could go either way. I think it's probably going to be closer than than last week was, and last week was pretty damn close. Um, but I just can't see the Springboks getting whitewashed out of the series. So I'll say the Springboks are going to win, but not by much.
1: Okie dokie, Ian. Much the same. Uh,
2: I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. Um, I don't think. South Africa don't seem to have a lot on attack and also, like, they faded quite badly last week. Yep. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with the Lions. The Lions by five. By five,
1: okay. Again. Well, do five? you know what? It's a wee bit more committal than I, I thought you were going to go for, it, Ian. I was I was coming to Cami <laughs> for Cami, fueled I... by Redmine, tell us what's going to happen, mate.
0: The Lions are going to win, and I think they're going to win comfortably because of Chris Harris. I'm not I'm not, that's not my tartan, that's not my tartan, my tartan fuel glasses. That's because the Elliott Daily was a weak link last week. So they plugged that hole, right? And Chris Harris will work tirelessly to do that. So I don't, I think the Lions will win comfortably this week. I think it'll be by more than seven. I don't even more, it'll be under 10 and more than seven. I think the Lions will win with. Just a few Irish by the way, to feel some Irish tears, I've got a cracking stat for you. There are more players from who were born in Hoike in this uh test match the test squad than there are Irishmen on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely meaningless stat, but I love it.
1: What that does, however, do is complete British and Irish bingo. Because I've insulted England and Wales, and Cammy has now just insulted Ireland. The Irish. Yes! Woo, Go team! I knew I could rely <laughs> on you guys. We came, try to claim
2: Owen now. <laughs> <laughs> I came so
0: here net, to drink red wine and insult the Irish. I'm all out the wine. <laughs> we can tell.
1: <laughs> so I, I think like like all you guys, I think actually, um, I think the Lions have got. I, you know, I was I was actually really disappointed in South Africa. I thought they were very limited and very poor and their 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 kind of their key strengths which was former dominance was non-existent so I think if Lions get parity again at scrum time yeah it's going to be a comfortable win for the Lions I can actually see it being even more than 10 I think maybe even a 12 12 to 14 point win for the Lions um so yeah I think we're all Apart from Johnny, who's the
3: big naysayer because <coughs> wanting to keep the series alive, but... Well, yeah, full disclosure, it's because we've booked uh, Waxies for next week and I wanted to be excited. <laughs> 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 nice one,
1: mate. Nice one. Right, okay, I'm going to just kind of fill very slightly while I find the banner because I'm not as slick as Cam at this yet so why don't we go on and finally do a bit of this? Yes it is Hands of the Rock. It is our any other business section. Um, we also don't have any woke klaxons during this section, so do feel free to woke it up. Although we did there was a couple of requests earlier on, Cam for your accent to be woke claxoned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which I think might have been justifiable, but you know what? It's yeah.
0: uh,
2: Hey, hey like listen bass.
0: listen, I'll tell you something. I don't you, you genuinely cannot you, you, you can't be racist against white South Africans. It's literally <laughs> impossible. <laughs> I was we
1: speaking to someone earlier on, and that was exactly the phrase that we used. It was <laughs> like, really? Okay, cool. Yeah, fair, fair dues. Fair <laughs> uh, so, where do we start, guys? Uh, Johnny, what's got, your, what's got the hands in your ruck today, man?
3: Yeah, uh, all right, uh, my hands in the rock's going to be uh, a very minor and very first world problems hands in the ruck because my main one was this new Tonga game clashing with the URC but we've obviously already talked about that. So uh, there is far too much nice Lion's stash, and I don't like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I already liked all the original stash, and then they brought out that, you know the stealth stuff, the black and grey, and then that was all really nice. And then last week, somebody put up a photo of the Lion's golf bag and was like, this is the most horrible, unnecessary stash I've ever seen. And I was like, well, oh, what one of those? <laughs> uh, and then today, one of the new Lion's videos came out, and in it... Kyle Sinclair's going from the sauna to the cold pool and he's got a Lions dressing gown with a hood on and now I want one of those as well so basically every time I see the Lions there's more stash
0: that I want and I, I don't like it The best outcome for you here Johnny is that the Lions lose so all of this stuff is like £5 on Sports Direct within a, a week yeah, yeah. Oh now, now we're talking <laughs> I, I'd give up a series loss for that dressing gown because
3: it looked magic <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ian, uh, do, you, do you find yourself owning much Lions stash? Is this a thing that's in your repertoire? No,
2: no, I've only got that free top from last year because I got level sports set <laughs> and I bought a Warriors top. Um, oh, and I've got those books, which I've not read of yet. I've read half of Legacy like, of the Lions. Um, no, but uh, do they have trainers, Johnny? I'm a bit your trainer. Almost
3: freak. certainly. <laughs> They've, they've got literally everything. I would not be surprised.
2: <laughs> Smoking jackets. And See, the, the, um. the,
3: the problem I have with the Lions stash, right,
1: is obviously, right. So, think you back to like two years going past where they've done each of the nations were represented in like training tops and stuff like that. But ultimately, what, what you're really after is the match day stash, aren't you? You're, you're like, I want to be a Lions fan and you need to wear red. And red just is the my colour can I pull. I can pull it off. I know that will come as a surprise to all our fans, but I just can't pull off right?
3: I've got the navy blue polo shirt from this year. It's quite nice. Ooh, yeah, Cammy I... loves the polo shirt. Do
0: I? <laughs> Do, I? <laughs> Do I? I've got the. I bought. I bought off eBay. I bought a line shirt off eBay. Uh, it only cost me twenty quid. I'm not entirely sure that it's legit. Um, i did the exact same that? thing on your recommendation on my recommendation you did john <laughs> but everything, everything about it is 100 percent. now I was speaking to somebody who knows about these things and apparently there's um it's so easy now to buy the software from the guys in the factory to then reproduce this stuff on shirts and honestly i, mean, I could say i mean it, it, there's a chance that mine's a factory second because couple of defects in the neck doesn't quite line up. It's got a couple of overstitching in the arms, so there's a chance mine's a factory defect. The other thing is that it's it's a it's a knockoff. But the knock, you know, you remember the knockoff size to buy in the '90s are football uh, shirts, right? Absolutely yeah. honking. This, I honestly, I think if you apart from the defects like the the white on the neck not lining <laughs> up, the overstitching on the arms, you genuinely couldn't tell it apart. It's got all the detail in the shirt. It's got everything else. So. I don't know. It's interesting. It's fa- I find it fascinating this whole wallet that you can just kind of reproduce this stash now and for very cheap. I I'm not advocating I, people should do that, by the way. People go buy the official stash because you exactly know people, yeah, but if yeah, anyone could do me a golf sorry. bag that's not
1: 100 quid <laughs> <point,
3: can>
1: <laughs> 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 This is how we get banned from Facebook, Johnny. So, no, we, we, uh, we do not condone legal repro- replications of lions' golf bags. Let's be very clear. I did purchase, a, I think it's a twenty fifteen Scott on the Way top on eBay uh, recently, and uh, got got it for a decent price. Thought it was so. It's the one with the wee the kind of pinstripe one, uh, or not pinstripe, the hoop stripe one. Nice top, but it turns out it's player fit. Oh yeah, yeah. love a player fit Macron player Snug. fit. Oosh.
3: That's it. I've it's got been... the exact same one player fit, and it's awful. Bits of me I that I didn't
1: it. even know I had are getting tucked in. It is awful, man. But anyway, that is that is the risk you take when you you buy player fit. That is why we have supporter fit replica jerseys. They are designed for the real humans. Um, Ian, talk to me. oh Yes. Got your hand, what's got what's got handies in handies in your rookie?
2: Right. You've never so, seen a rock? No, not <laughs> not from well. It depends from range. Um, <laughs> I stayed up the other night to try and watch the Rugby Sevens um, semi-final on BBC. Could not find it anywhere. It's just swimming. And uh, apparently, the I think it's been the same for the women's rugby today as well. Um, they, they kick off at one o'clock uh, their next game, incidentally. Um, so, yeah, that's been annoying me because it's like, right, it's swimming or the red button was rowing. And i was on like i went online as well and there was no option to put live rugby sevens on and it's quite a pop you know rugby's quite a popular sport it's the middle of the bloody night rowing's not really that interesting um and a lot of times you know the swimming didn't have any british interest apart from the the four by 200 uh men's freestyle at the end which duncan scott anchored uh, britain gloriously to gold so well done duncan and the rest of the team there um but yeah, BBC uh, making it almost impossible to watch bloody rugby sevens um, has, has got my hands in the rock.
0: Isn't it on Discovery Plus?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Someone said that. They've, I got, I they've been
0: very, very quiet about the fact that
3: the Olympics is Category A or whatever they call it. Is it not? Where it's got to be free to mm, air, protected. Yeah. So I assume that they've got some kind of loophole where, as long as a certain percent is, because yeah, the rest's on Discovery Plus, which is a paid service. And that's where most of the rugby's been, and a lot of the other good stuff as well.
1: So, because they've so the the agreement is under free to air, they have to have one stream available for the Olympics. So they so it was all, all this free to air stuff was done back when we had council <coughs> cons, tele. We only had a couple of channels, so BBC just had to put on some Olympics, and that was free to air, hmm. right? In 2012, so I read the read the press release on this. I'm not just spouting like made up stuff. <clears throat> In 2012, they obviously reached the pinnacle. London Olympics. They had, I think it was like 24 concurrent streams going on across the BBC. It was absolutely, you know, wall to wall sport. With this Olympics, because Discovery Plus have got the contract, they had to the subcontract, and therefore they've been granted two streams, so they're allowed a live stream and a BBC iPlayer stream. Uh, So that's why, like, but that counts as free to air. There is content available, and it's live. It's free to air. However, they are having to obviously work out where to put their resources. I would argue, Ian, and this is going to be controversial, they've probably thought to themselves, well, Fiji are awfully good at rugby sevens, whereas we've we've won medals in the pool recently. And you know we've won medals at Rowan. So, are we really a rugby nation anymore? I'm we got to... silver in twenty sixteen. We got silver we the last time. We lost we the Fiji <laughs> the final. Aye, but we had New Zealand and then Fiji this time round. We didn't. No so no, but I... we obviously lost to New Zealand, and then lost to Argentina. So we're, we're not we're not a rugby scoring uh, a, a medal scoring rugby nation anymore, guys.
0: But but Ian's right, there was naff all on the on iPlayer though. You got you get what you get today at the games and that's it to watch it back. Whereas the last time round you could mm. you could choose a sport and watch, you know, the days before gymnastics coverage or highlights. It's just it's so basic the coverage this time round. Mm. Not just and it's not just rugby, it's everything. You have to sit and is watch, it? you know and then no. and also I think the thing that bothered me about the sevens is that like I like Ugun one year, right? But I don't think Hugo year knows bugger all about sevens. <laughs> right he, I don't know I don't, somebody might correct me but I don't think Ugo Mon, he's probably played sevens at some point but he's not on the seven circuit so all the stuff that he was talking was so generic it was dull and they could have at least I know, you know we could have got Scott Hastings on who I don't think played much sevens but he, he, he commentates on the seven circuit he knows more about it he could have got one of the, the you know the and silver medalists from last time round to talk about it but they've just got who we've we got on our books that does rugby oh, we'll get Ugo on <laughs> So Ugo's just sat there awkwardly kind of trying to describe sevens in the studio with Joe Douglas. And Joe Douglas probably knows more about the bloody sevens than Hugo Monitor. <laughs> so he's just sat there going, How do you think I went? Well, you know, if you look at this move, he's passed to this man and he's had a good run at him, and then he's passed to another man, and that's a really good try. It's meaningless. So that, that that annoyed me that they just, you know, we'll get Ugo in because he's on the he's on the books.
1: Shall we bring, so on that very point, shall we bring in some more commentator hate because you know the hate fuels me guys like, let's do a little bit of this so sam sam has hands of the hook will greenwood's commentary oh my god he's going mm-hmm. now first first point of order what was will greenwood wearing let's just address that for a second what a will, spectacular greenwood. Will, outfit.
0: will greenwood is obviously in the middle of some middle-aged Middle-class male breakdown. I'm, ass- I'm assuming he's. I'm assuming he's left his wife and got a 19-year-old girlfriend who's dressing him and doing his hair. It's utterly ridiculous. It
3: just looks. You've got lovely thighs, Will. You'd look great in skin-tight chinos. Yeah, yeah. You should definitely do that. Every- You should all- shave all the my- sides of your hair off, Will. You'd look really all- good. All my
0: friends, all my friends in sixth form are shaving the sides of their hair, Will. Can
1: we just be very clear that we? We do not know if Will Greenwood has <laughs> left his wife and is dating a high schooler, but the route, <laughs> I mean, it looks like it is. It looks like it's
2: the case.
0: I, uh, I said it looks like, I didn't say it was. I was very yeah, careful, I mean, John. You know. Uh, I, I I know you, you're, you're nobody
2: mentioned Lee Griffiths, for God's sakes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would argue this is Will Greenwood's second worst look after the 2002 blonde hair incident. It was it was really, really bad. And I agree, actually, with Sam's point. You know what? Right, so you look for your commentators to give a... You want your commentators to give a bit of life, a bit of excitement, a bit of, you know, knowledge, but ultimately they're there to act as a sideshow to the action that's going on in the park, which admittedly was fairly drab. Well, Greenwood, it is. The Greenwood Show, he has got I think he probably spends months writing those puns and writing those notes because he loves to be the centre of attention it's,
0: it's everything, right, no, it's, You go Johnny
3: Everything Will Greenwood says is terrible but one thing is particularly terrible and that's let's bring in Nigel here, what do you think <laughs> of that? Because <laughs> if there's anybody who's worse than Greenwood <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's like, hold my beer, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, self promotion, a is point. it, boyo? <laughs> yeah, valid, valid point. Um, Cam, you've you've talked about possibly us doing a wee bit of uh, having a, a ref on the panel to address some of the intricacies of the modern game. I mean, how crap has Nigel Owens been here? Oh,
0: awful, awful. I think the problem with Nigel Owens is he's. I think Nigel Nige Nige kind of clocked out of the game before, while he was still a referee, yeah. right? And was it, it, Nigel Owens was refereeing from the Nigel Owens law books, you know, years ago. And I just had scant disregard for what the laws actually said. You know, he was like, I'm just going to see what this game happens. It's chaos <laughs> refereeing. I want to see. I'm gonna have, let's have a free-flowing game today. Why not? And so, you know, some of the stuff he was saying, you think this isn't right, and a lot of stuff he's been saying on Twitter for the last twelve months, when people are asking him, you know, to, to kind of talk about refereeing decisions. I, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. He probably thinks he is up. Nigel Owens would say I'm up to date and I keep abreast of all the law changes. I'm sure, but he doesn't seem that up to date. And I think it's different being asked to analyse refereeing decisions on. Uh, in commentary than it is to make decisions on the park. You make decisions on the park. You, you're like, this is my decision. This is what I'm going with. Bang, bang, bang. On we go. If I need the TMO, I'll ask him. So it's really decisive. I think the problem with like having one in the commentary box, unless you've got someone, I think like Wayne Barnes. I like and I like. I know people have got their views on Wayne Barnes, but Wayne Barnes because he's a barrister, I think he can be analytical, much more analytical about it. He can kind of pick apart why a decisions being made. Nigel Owens is coming out saying this is the decision I would make rather than, this is why this person's making this decision within this yeah. framework, which, which would be much more interesting rather than, what do you think, Nigel? Oh, I wouldn't do that. I would I would know, but I'd, uh, you know, <laughs> I'd be milking the cows. <laughs> <laughs> of you. He's,
3: he's done a very good job of giving both sides every time they ask him as well. Like, they say, oh, Nigel, what do you think of this? And he goes, well... I think I think it could be this, but then also it could be this.
0: So he looks right, no matter what happens. But there's no analysis, is there? There's no there's no kind of picking apart. Like look look under the laws. This is what the I've never heard Nigel say. Like this is what the law says. So what we're looking for from this referee decision is what he's now going to do is pick that apart for us. That would be interesting. Rather than go, well, let's see what he does here. Then oh right now oh he's doing that. Yeah, it, you know, it, it is really interesting, isn't it, to
1: see the level of. Uh... Subjectivity that Owens clearly brought to yeah. freeing. Um, Did he those... not
3: say he'd never read the law book? Uh,
1: that, yeah, it was one that was w- was mentioned that he he had never read it cover to cover. Which I mean, and we've admittedly... all been jobs when
0: we've done that though. Come on, so... But
1: yeah, I mean, it, it was really interesting to hear him talking about, and it was it was actually interesting when he's talking about his process and what he would decide at that point, and then the referee goes and does something completely different. And it is like you're know, like, well, I mean, subjectivity comes into it, but ultimately, like you're trying to apply a series of laws, and it actually is flagged up for me how. Clear it is that referees. We we all know that referees have their own interpretation of the laws. We you only have to look at a Roman Platt game versus a, a Wayne Barnes game uh, to see that you know it's two very different interpretations of the same rules. Um, and it has, in some ways, to me, the the classic Nigel Owens game was the Murrayfield Scotland England game. <coughs> Where he clearly had, like, both teams had prepared for a version of Nigel. And then he turned up, and I don't know, he maybe had a sherry too many the night before, or he, you know, watched a really good movie or something, but he changed <coughs> the laws completely as to what he was going to referee.
0: And he changed his so- approach, I think, yeah, because he said, because John Barkley said, we were expecting to be really harsh. And not let us compete at the breakdown at yeah. all And all of a sudden I realised within the first 10 minutes It was on and he was letting us compete at the breakdown
1: Yeah, so Scotland adjusted and done yeah. the right thing England didn't and that's actually why Scotland <clears> won <throat> I mean, you just have to look at our intro thing We've got so many, oh, well actually it's the, the hands of the rocks. got a few <laughs> of the, the Scotland penalties there But yeah, he's the the self-appointed best referee in the world ever I mean, all right, mate. We'll we'll, we'll take that an advisement. But the commentary in the Lions series has been rubbish. We all agree. I,
0: Well, I don't. know. It's like you know, you've got uh, Sam Warburton's very good. I think. said what well, I like Warburton. I think the problem is, it's like you know, you have got Warburton next to Greenwood, so it's a bit like watching, it's a bit like watching Jaws and then watching Sharknado afterwards. Do you know what I mean? It's not. <laughs> you know, what, you can't fit <laughs> It depends what, what, on your opinion of Jaws and Sharknado. Really, I think it's how yeah. that analogy works. So if, it, if
2: it's Jaws, the revenge, then you know we're, we're kind of on par there.
0: War, Warburton
1: <laughs> is playing for a regular gig Sky. He has been a yes man, but he's
0: both. but he's got he's got Warburton. At least understands pacing, and Greenwood doesn't, right? You know, you, you the pacing of a match, and the and it's and again, I think that's more the commentator's job than it is for the summarises like Greenwood is you set the scene, you build it up, you build it up, and then straight away you kind of drop it down because then you've got to build up towards the climax at the end. Greenwood, the first hit, is like, this is the most monumental hit there's been in rugby be history. Let's see which way this referee is in. He goes like, mate, there's 30 seconds on the clock. Christ, you know, like we've got another 80 minutes of this to get through. The, um, the Stormers game, right, the very start of the Stormers game,
3: he was losing it because the Stormers kicked it deep to Marcus Smith and he's going, oh, that's a fairly pedestrian kick for, they've gone deep and it's gone to Marcus Smith and there's going to be an exciting start for him. There is not a team from Midlands 4 up to the Springboks who looks at a boy who's two weeks into his professional rugby career and goes, let's kick it down his throat and see what happens. Like, that is the most (laughs) obvious thing in the world. And Greenwood's talking about it like it's like a massive monumental <laughs> occasion it's like I would have done that if I, if someone said to me see their number 10 he's only been played for two weeks I'd be like all right cool guess where the kickoff's going and Green was like this is incredible I can't believe this is <laughs> happening
1: <laughs> Cammy, I know you may not have had an opportunity to have some hands in your ruck oh
0: I've always got hands in my rock, job. please Do please you know please join us Come. I've got two I'll start with this uh, can we start with this from Hamish Allen they insulted you, came no, before you uh, were on. I mean, I grass, think,
1: I think, Hamish, you're a bloody grandson. Snatches, <laughs> snatches, me. I said, Hamish, I thought we were pals.
0: Um. Anyway, my um, my actual hands in the rock is the Neil, uh, the Neil Francis thing. Um, not just, I mean, the Neil Francis thing in itself would be hands in the ruck. For those that don't know, who haven't been around this week, Neil Francis, who on, on uh, the Irish Independent podcast, which, you know, the Irish Independent, big newspaper in Ireland, uh described Marcus Smith, who is of Filipino origin, of having Oompa Loompa skin. Hilariously,
2: um, it's called the Left Wing Podcast. Jesus <laughs> Christ.
0: <laughs> So that's you know he. There's a couple of things that come out. One, obviously, that's horrendous. It should you know it's absolutely abhorrent. But the kind of fallout from this is interesting because the he's been sacked not by the independent by the by the parent company that owns the independent. The apology that's come out for the independent says, "We're sorry if anybody was offended," kind of thing. Um, and this should never have gone out as it was. The apology for Neil Francis is, "I'm sorry if." Marcus Smith and his family were offended. Rather than these, were, you know, rather than saying these are abhorrent words, I'm going to have a period of reflection and learn from that's the proper way to apologise. The, the fact I think that Luke Fitzgerald, who was in the studio with him, hasn't immediately said, "What are you saying? This is unacceptable. <laughs> you cannot describe Marcus Smith as having plumper skin. That is abhorrent language." I'm going to stop this podcast now. You're out of here. By the way, we're now going to edit all of this out and you're probably going to get fired. We'll have an in- investigate. That's what should have happened. Instead, they put it out. What happens is he says it. There's kind of like a bit of a kind of slight giggle and an awkward silence. And then they carry on talking. That's unless people start dealing with this directly and saying, you know, what, when the words leave someone's mouth, it is incumbent upon the person who hears them to say that is unacceptable or, I don't understand what you mean by that. Can you explain your choice of words? So that's the first thing. Is it just the the, the way the independent have dealt with it, the way Luke Fitzgerald dealt with it? I know a good one is coming. Out and said I was on tour with Luke Fitzgerald. He's not racist. I'm sure he's not racist, but is he is he equipped and good at pulling up racists on racism? No, he's very <laughs> bad at it. Clearly, um, so that's the first thing. Is the non-apology the way it was dealt with up front. I think the second thing is just the. I don't know the intellectual gymnastics that some people are doing on Facebook and Twitter to try and say that this isn't <clears> racism, <throat> this isn't racist language, or maybe he didn't know that Marcus Smith was was of Filipino origin. Like he's a professional rugby writer, and I know you know that's probably a stretch for Neil Francis calling him a writer, but and this guy's paid to write about rugby, he should know these bloody things. And I'm not being funny, but anybody who would look at Marcus Smith would, would think, hey, look, that there's a guy who's, you know, of, of mixed race, who's, there's a mixed race guy, so like, so maybe it's not a good choice of was to use the words Oompa Loompa skin to describe him, because it's yeah, like horrendous. I saw someone
3: thing. say, I watched a few games on BT Sport this season with Harlequins in them, and they never once brought up that he was half Filipino. It's so, like, yeah, okay, fine. Is it your job? No. Oh, <laughs> it's so it's your job. He told me.
0: Nobody, nobody told me that um, Ugo Monye was black. I've thought we were white this entire time. So I've, you know, I, actually, I, I can't believe people have been throwing racist abuse at me this whole time because I am completely colourblind. It's ridiculous. The, stuff the only colorblind. thing worse than that was the amount of people that
3: I've seen say, oh, people used to say stuff like that about Gavin Henson all the time. Like, yeah, Gavin Henson spent a lot of time and money choosing to make himself look like that. And that's not the same thing. If you genuinely <laughs> need that explained to you, I honestly don't know if I can help you. <laughs>
0: I think the earth slacking somebody
2: for loving a sunbed is not the same as being racist. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and genuinely, somebody genuinely said, "I think we devalue the word racism by saying this is racist." It's like Christ, there. Where are you setting the bar, right? Saw, rugby, thought, onslaught said, that, we, yeah. rugby onslaught said we don't. said we don't believe he was being racist. It's like, where's your bar for racism, right? Oopal, oopal, <laughs> Christ. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if your bar is actual racial, I mean that's a racial slur. Let's like, not get away. If you're actually expecting, it's not racism until someone says the N words. Christ, that's a high bar. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: bloody hell! And it's it's actually it's back. You're absolutely right, Cameron. It's back to that idea. We've <clears throat> thankfully we've had lots of people speak out over the last week about the Neil Francis thing, and you know, obviously, we've been very vocal about various things regarding. The oh I'm gonna do it. Ugh, it hurts. Hashtag rugby values, mm. which right, can we just be very clear? It's utter bollocks, right, guys? It is bollocks. Rug- rugby values is not a thing, it is a middle class sport filled with white people who are are like a lot of them quite like to be racist. Um a lot <laughs> of the clubs I've been around, there is not a lot of decorum. Um, so this is and that's changing. And it's changing because people are standing up to it and saying no to it. Now, people like Neil Francis still have a platform because people accept that and people allow it. Luke Fitzgerald allows that. People, his editors allow that. It's not acceptable. And we all have, we all have a responsibility, right? See, if we like this game that we, we talk crap about once a week and, you know, speak to your mates about during the week, if you want it to be rugby values, you have an, you have the Absolute responsibility to show rugby values and actually do it instead of just talking crap about it. So that's that's the kind of challenge, guys. Actually, do it.
0: What's interesting, like you had the whole Euro 2000 thing, 2020 thing, 2021, 2021 this year, Aye, 2021, 2021, 2021 yeah, but it's, but it's still called Euro 2020. It was Euro 2021, well, that's, that's what's confusing me. It's because they the had whole... all
1: this flag from it.
0: All the way through that, talking about it, saying, "Oh, do you know rugby's better than football because all that look we'd never throw race abuse like that in rugby. That'd never happen in rugby. Look at all the things that happen. For, isn't football a disgusting sport for all these oiks? It's like <clears throat> I think rugby's probably got a worse racism problem than football because it's, it's openly spoken about it. I would say them I would say a large proportion of people that follow rugby are. If not openly racist, <laughs> at least racist, and I think it's slowly changing because there's a the younger generation are coming up and filling that, and I think partly the older generation are learning that that's not acceptable anymore. But I think there are you know, the, the, I mean, we talk about I mean the the structure of world, world rugby in itself is inherently racist because it kind of prevents tier two nations from progressing. It's you know, it's it, you know, the system itself is racist within rugby. We've talked about that before, so it's you know, we're, we're not a clean sport.
1: Oh, that's fair, fair enough. Hey, Hamish, hey, you're <laughs> back in my good books. Well done, son. You've got back <laughs> in the game. Uh, slagging somebody's appearance when you're a rugby journalist, asked a rugby question means you're a crap journalist. Yes, as I would probably Correct. say, as amateur journalists
0: <laughs> in this table,
1: Ian. Technically, freelance sometimes I get
0: paid to
1: sometimes, so we'll call you a professional. The rest of us are hey. I got paid, paid. I
0: got I got paid 40 pounds for a meme once. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but if they
3: hadn't stolen it, you wouldn't have got it.
1: No, that's (laughs) true. Yeah, but I get paid for selling my soul and saying football was better than rugby. So, as, 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 a, as a ragtag bunch of amateur journalists, uh, yes, we we all know that if you have to resort to criticising an appearance, that you are you are not not very good at your job. And- Do you know what else
2: I thought was particularly bloody stupid what was he's like, oh, you know, some harlequins out half. He's David Beckham, Harcourt. Harcourt's just won the bloody English Premiership. He <laughs> masterminded them to the title. You know what I mean? He's the best playmaker in the English league. I think he's okay, thanks. You know, just talk, oh. England, but you he's know. not Johnny Sexton, so that's that. He's rubbish. <laughs> if you're not Johnny Sexton, you're straight.
1: <laughs> that, I mean, with yes, but it is still, it's still. And actually, yeah, back to back to you know slightly back to commentators. We've not mentioned them tonight, but Ronan Agara. Oh my God, the chip, the chip on that guy's shoulder. It's and see, like anyway, I wanted to buy him better internet. I'm like, mate, <laughs> what's your deal?
3: Just, just once, I'd like to hear him answer the question that Alex Payne asks him.
0: I feel like he's come, he's come up with his answer before Alex Payne asked the question, and he's just going to go with it. We've lost Craig tonight to premiere in you know, Wi-Fi, so let's not touch Ronan Agara and his hotel Wi-Fi too, too badly.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, but there is a slight step up from <laughs> Sky Sports coverage of the Lions tour with Ronan Agara to R- he Scott still looks board, like
0: he's. Board. Come on, he's, He still looks like he's broadcasting from a travel tavern. <laughs>
1: he does. Did you see him with his, his tactics board up above his head this week? I like his blank calendar. Oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rog, come on, mate, come on. <laughs> yeah. So what we've agreed tonight is rugby's still racist. Uh, so yeah, that's fine, right? And we'll need to change that. But keep, but keep uh, listening
0: to our podcast about rugby guys.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you can hear Ian and Cammie do several very quick <laughs> Hey, that's xenophobia, cool. Johnny, not racism. Uh, yeah.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I, I love that accent. Um So, right, to finish up, right, my hands are up very quickly. You know I love a moan about Scottish rugby fans. I, I, it's kind of like a pastime of mine now. But, right, why is it a surprise to anyone that a fourth test getting added to the international calendar during a global pandemic where the SRU have literally sold your name on a wall? and giving you the opportunity to pay money to have your name on the wall, and then not shown yet. Why is it a surprise to people that they would charge you for this fourth test against an <laughs> unknown opponent at that point? Given that they've just sold season tickets at Edinburgh under the premise that certain cockerel was still in charge, but we're not <laughs> going to tell you he's actually being fired. <coughs> You've all renewed your season tickets. By the way, (laughs) funny story, right? Funny story. the way, you got fired. So, um, yeah, yeah, keep keep coming along. It's fine. Yeah, guys, naivety. See if you're in a position to pay for a a season pass to go to Murrayfield for the Autumn Internationals that you might not even get an opportunity to go and see it's back to the point we've made before, right? You are you're putting your hand in your pocket, and the the union needs that, and they're asking you to do that. And do you know what? If you're in a position to do that, fair play to you. You don't have to put your your hand in your pocket to go to this other game. You don't have to go to it. It's actually quite nice to sit in front of the telly sometimes and watch a game. The beer's cheaper, the food's better, and do you know what? Your seats a wee bit comfier, and nobody walks past you when they have to pee. It's perfect. So, see if you want to watch your Tonka game on telly. You should do that.
0: I think there's, there's two things for me with this. I think the, the first one is I think you now I, 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 somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think my understanding of this is that when you buy a season ticket, they say this is the number of games you'll get. Yeah, you get you minute, yeah. three games in the autumn, however many games in the Six Nations, <laughs> and, and that's it. So, so, when there's an extra, give you that for free. It's not. It's not what they've agreed with you. I think the other thing is that because there's now the season tickets, and because Scotland is successful, getting to a rugby international now, you know, getting a ticket, it's like you know, it's like hens teeth. It's like gold dust getting tickets these days. So to have an extra test, and we can, you know, I know we've talked all about, you know, the, the, the pros and cons of having that during the, an an, an weekend, but just having an extra test where anybody can. I mean, they'll probably have, I'm guessing, they'll probably be able to buy tickets on the door for the Tonga game. They've done that before for national matches for Scotland. To have a game to give everybody the chance just to rock up, buy a ticket, and get in without having to worry about having a season ticket, without having to worry to go through the clubs, which is absolutely the right. That's, I believe 100% that's the right way to sell tickets, by the way, but not people complain about that. So here's one opportunity where we can say to every look, Buy a ticket. Come along, and see Scotland play. Yes, it's Tonga. It'll be a laugh, but we're just all tickets. Tickets are on general sale, apart from the posh seats. Do It's not an opportunity that comes along that often. So I'm, you know, I think fair, fair play.
1: Yeah, guys, uh, Johnny, Ian, any any views on the self entitlement of Scottish rugby fans?
3: No, I absolutely agree with what you and Cammy have both said. Like. <laughs> Cabby's K- particularly right in that you've you've signed a deal saying you'll get your three Autumn Internationals and your two Six Nations games or whatever. Like, say they say they cancel one of the Autumn Internationals, then by all means be raging.
1: Yep.
3: You get if you get less than what you paid for, then that's that's an acceptable thing to be angry about. Don't be angry that you're not getting given <laughs> more than what you paid for.
0: I don't understand how that's a thing that you could be annoyed about. Bought, I've got, I own three Apple products and yet I don't have any, I don't benefit from when Apple shares go up. This is ridiculous. I demand <laughs> shares in Apple. You've just lost a regular customer.
2: Why <laughs> is your name still on our Patreon list then? Yeah, for, 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 exactly, yeah. For me, it
1: wouldn't, it wouldn't be an issue for me. Like, I get, some people just like to, blow off steam and do you know what we've got a platform every week to do that in some ways but on certain f- Facebook pages, rugby platforms and stuff people just like to go on and just say their piece and they like to be a wee bit controversial but ultimately they're really committed to Scottish rugby fans and they just want to go to games and stuff like that, that's cool that, that, like, I really respect that but there is an element of just check your privilege and we've talked about and the, the problem I have with it is, it's now probably about the tenth time I've mentioned this type of activity where people have just spoken without thinking of the context of what they're saying. Yeah, uh, it happens. It happens to me
3: at work all the time. People come in and go, "Oh, this has got cheaper since I bought it, so I want to get the difference back." And I was like, "Well, okay." If it had got more expensive since you bought it, would you expect me to phone you up and go, well, oh, that's got more expensive now, so you owe me more money? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> like that, That's what you agreed at the time, and that's what you're, that's what you're dealing with. Yep. Don't yep. phone yep. up and go, oh, well, there's an extra game now that I didn't pay for, and I expect to go for free. No. Well, I,
0: yeah, I think the flip side of this is, though, that <clears> all those <throat> people who, on the Friday before Calcutta Cup matches, go... Has anybody got a spare ticket to the Calcutta Cup match and then get annoyed when there isn't spare tickets and go, there's never any bloody tickets because all the clubs sell them and all the, blah, everyone's got season tickets. It's ridiculous. Here's your opportunity. Joe. So if you want to go and see Scotland play, you're going to have to accept that you're going to have to go and watch them play Tonga, right? <laughs> if you really care about Scottish rugby that much that you want to go and see them, here's an opportunity to go and do that. If, if you want to go and see them play England, you're either going to have to sign up for a season ticket or you're gonna have to join a club, and that's that's the bottom line. There, I'll, I'll be willing to stump up hundreds of pounds for a corporate ticket. Here's your opportunity rather than complain about not being able to get a ticket to the Calcutta Cup the Friday before the game, buy a ticket for Tonga
1: exactly. yeah. yep, or yep. just yep. watch it on the telly like a normal person. Um, it, it's fine. Uh, so, I guess, um, aside from like Hamish. Look, we've had a running battle tonight, mate, and I think we're going to call this like, like, right, Hamish. We 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 are those fans, right? Like, we we had a wee bit of grief with the old, like we don't anymore. Let's be honest; it's been a wee while since we went down the Hugh should be chosen over Harris route, but like, there's yeah, I I agree, I agree. And then just a wee final one from Malcolm Knox. Not a bad day when Scottish rugby adds another fixture. Current budget aside, makes sense to charge more rugby. Good business for Scottish rugby. Malcolm, if you would like to be our spokesperson and go and tell all the Scottish rugby fans that that is absolutely how it should be, you are more than welcome to... It. Kami has just decided to absolutely... <laughs> enough, he's had
2: enough.
1: He's had enough of this crap. It's been brilliant having him on. It's been brilliant having you guys on. Thank you so much. It has been an epic. We have almost hit two hours. That is my fault. It always is the case when I'm hosting. Thank you so much, guys, for, for putting up with us. We've had a consistent number of years with us the whole way through. Um, we will be back um, after the next test. We'll be back next week. I think cammy will be in charge. I mean, I don't think I'll ever again be in charge, but who knows? Like desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, I am the Blair King, uh, not working Blair Kinghorn, Blair Cowan <laughs> of this of this background <laughs> right here. So the Blair Kinghorn project. <laughs> I've not got as good as uh, well. There we go. We've got the title, the Blair Kinghorn Project. I've not got the hair, but I do have some chat. So thank you so much, guys. Um Thank you to Ian and Johnny. Thanks for joining us, and I guess it is goodbye for me and goodbye from troops. Bye -bye. then. Cheers.